This is podcast 173 entitled, and the winner is... The opening music is by Abba, as you could tell, Lay All Your Love on Me. And I'd like to continue briefly the theme of phoniness or unreality, and primarily ideological unreality as it gets laid on us. Very notoriously today, very obviously today, when that is a rupture or a dissonant with dissident towards reality, the actual reality of human feelings, human truth. And the power of the song by Abba, which is a fantastic song. I mean, you could say, well, that's the most ridiculous song I've ever heard. I mean, that incredibly serious, almost gravid, um, beginning with the synthesizer strings and then the uh, disco beat coupled with the um, hysterical either orness of the lyric, and yet it's the way people really feel. Google the lyrics. Lyrics? Abba, lay all your love on me. And it's just, it's an astonishing performance. The, the, the lyrics are totally true to how people are. You know, I used to not be jealous. I never thought of myself as possessive, she says. This is my paraphrase of the lyrics. I've never really, um, you know, not been a person who was rather guarded in different ways and rational. And suddenly, I'm completely hooked. I'm totally absorbed. I'm utterly jealous. I'm threatened by any other woman that comes near you or us. And I just ask one thing, lay all your love on me. What a, an amazing truth because people get constantly yanked up by reality. They, they think they're, you know, they have this thought of that thought and this thought. And then suddenly, bang, they have a baby. And then they're f- so overcome by feelings towards the child, that everything else that they've ever been and ever thought about um, goes out the window. And they simply say, well, I used to think that, but I just don't think that anymore. And you can't, you don't have to defend it. You don't have to say, well, that's not consonant with what you always said about yourself. That's just, there's been a sea change. And often when people tell me they don't want to hear this, they don't want to think of themselves as giving everything away, giving them a whole selves away, uh, you know, surrender, giving my whole self to you, a, a oneness here, creating a oneness where there had been a two-ness. And I always, I'm tempted to wish to ask them, but have you been in love? What was it like when you fell in love? Whatever age you were, whatever condition you were in. Whatever stage it was, I mean, you can be 70 and this can happen. Uh, What was it like? Did you not wish? Have you not? Are you really a stranger to the total oceanic feeling of wishing to give everything to another person and being one with them and uniting? I mean, for crying out loud, haven't haven't you read any poetry? Where are you with the pop repertoire? Do do, do you not know about the, the, you know, reach out, I'll be there? I mean, have you not? Where are you with Smokey Robinson and the miracles? I mean, will you promise to tell me? Has Motown nothing to teach you? Well, now, that is what uh, is absolutely essential. And so this pop song, I mean, it's not James Gould Cousins, you know. It's not um, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. It's not J.S. Bach. But it is truth. It is absolute truth. And that's the power of it. There are two things that are revealed in the song. This is the uh, another recording of the same podcast. The earlier recordings failed because I lost the train of thought at one point because the telephone rang, which you know. But what I had intended to say, and I'm saying it now, is that human experience, uh, one of the great truths of human life, as I've experienced it and seen it, is that um, a real um, relationship is always one-to-one. You do not relate yourself to a group. It is simply untrue when people say to you, oh, you die in community. That was a sort of truism in a lot of Christian preaching for a while. Usually it was by, in my experience, Episcopal ministers who'd grown up pietist Methodists or evangelicals who'd been taught that it was all about you and Jesus, and it was all about Jesus in your heart and some kind of event between you and Jesus that happened. 
happened when you were little or whenever it was. And there, these fine people later on saw that that was shallow and said, well, we actually live and die in community. And I know what they're saying and I know what they mean and I know it's in St. Paul, but it's actually not true except in a sense. The re- we do not die in community. Uh, uh, when um, John Donne wrote that, I, th- I think he was under an illusion. Um, uh, the bell tolls, yes, and it tells for thee. Hemingway wasn't under an illusion. But uh, no man is an island. Well, while we're here, we're not islands. And ultimately, we're not islands. But when we die, we are looking for one hand to hold. I mean, it could be your son. It could be your daughter. Hopefully, it's your wife or your husband. It could be someone else, your mother or dad. We're looking for one hand to hold. You don't cry out for a group. You don't cry out for the church. You don't cry out for for all the people who have the same color skin color that you do. You, you, there's one person. Motown was right. Reach out. I'll be there. Thank you. Thank you, the four tops. Well, um, that's what Lay All Your Love, Lay All Your Love on Me by Abba reveals to us. And so it is said. Remember that ending of Guard of Honor by Cousins. And so we learn. And then he immediately uproots that statement. He sounds so lapidary and apophthegmatic. And the writer says, after a long story, and so we learn. And then something much worse happens than has ever happened before. So he realizes what a fool it is to say, and so we learn. But we can infer from the Abba song that love is either or and it's one to one and that is a very deep thing now let me talk about truth in the inward being as it comes out of two other abba songs because you know you don't get truth from anywhere else but emotional truth Burton Cummings is true because he's got so much, for some reason that I can't understand, uh, his music uh, tends towards an emotional inward truth of one-to-one understandings. I think they asked him once, I believe, I believe I've read this, that um, we, we like your song Free. It's one of his songs in his later time, a song called Free. And there's a YouTube video of it, actually, on the web. And it's a good song. But um, he said, look, I just want to make it clear. I'm not talking about freedom for the Romanian people. I think he said something like this. I'm talking about freedom in here. And then he tapped his head. And, of course, his heart, his head, his heart, his heart, his head, his head, his heart. He, we're talking about that kind of freedom. We're talking to one-to-one. And we're talking about how an artist, ideally, it could be a religious prophet. Um, and it certainly exists in the Bible. I read it in the Bible. <laughs> you know, uh, it's there. Uh, but it's often in competition with other messages also there. But the, the, uh, the one-to-one character of the uh, truth and uh, the analogy of all these uh, truths to... Um, to the ultimate truth. Um, a friend of mine, Jim Monroe, wrote, I think I said, um, um, I said uh, something about one of Burton Cummings' songs, uh, uh, deeply about um, the, the, the one timeless love and all the different loves that we've had that are reflections of a timeless love. That's Burton Cummings' great song. And Jim wrote back, he said, yeah, it's all practice for the one big one. It's all practice for the big one. And I thought, well, you know, that's really true. I believe that too. I'm glad he said that. That's Jim Monroe, the Dean of Christ Church Springfield. Mass. Now, uh, another song by Abba comes to mind, which illuminates a truth, and it's a truth that I have to talk about very, very carefully because it's um, it's ultra. I want to say it, but I want to say it in such a way that it's truthful. And uh, Abba had a song that you've heard, even if I say it, you won't remember it, but you will have heard it. I, I can when you hear it, when you Google it, when you. I'm not going to do it for you. I have another song, but if you if you listen to it, and you YouTube it, you'll immediately recognize it. It's called. Um, and the winner, no, it's called The Winner Takes It All. Now, it's classically the sign of someone who's writing in not his native language, because we would say, uh, an American would normally say colloquially, and the winner takes all. 
But uh, this writer, one of the, the songwriter for ABBA, writes, Benny or Bjorn writes, and the, the winner takes it all. And it's about, I think it was written apparently after a divorce, and uh, the woman singing it, it's very, very somber song, is saying that, you know, you've taken it all, you've taken me, everything I had is gone. The, the winner referring to the other partner in the former relationship, has taken it all. They've, she's taken me. He's taken me. I'm gone. I'm out. I'm done. I'm finished. I'm, the winner took it all. I've got nothing left, and here I am. You know, I'm forlorn. I'm absolutely forlorn on a desert island, and it's very powerful. The winner takes it all. But I'll tell you what I thought when I hear that song. I want to play it <clears throat> for all my former colleagues. Um, who suffered in the Episcopal Church culture wars. Um, I want to play it for those who won, who were on the so-called left, and those who lost, who were pretty much all on the so-called theological right. And I want to play it for all groups, because the winner takes it all. It is true that in a hierarchical organization, winners take it all. Um, they, they, there's in a, in a, in a hier- when, it, when it's a stronger, when it's a victor versus a defeated, if it gets to that point, lawyers will tell you this, if it gets to litigation, the winner's going to take it all. Keep it away from litigation. Try to negotiate. Try to reconcile. Do anything you can because once it goes to court, there will be a definite winner at some point, even, it go, even if it goes to the highest POTUS, you know, or what is it? Uh, no, POTUS, SCOTUS? Yes, yeah, SCOTUS. Even if it goes to SCOTUS, it will, uh, there will be a winner and there will be a loser in, in, unavoidably. And the winner takes it all. That's a true thing. And if you think that uh, that's uh, – and that explains the forlornness and the despair of so many of my colleagues who thought that they had sort of a crack at, quote, winning a tremendous struggle that had strong ideological underpinnings, and they somehow thought they could win, and you can't. You, 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 a, a minority can never win in a hierarchical situation where the power is held by a hierarchy. And secondly, um, if you do lose, I mean, by a miracle, you, something might change. But let's say you do lose in a hierarchical organization. The winner has an uncommon way. This is an empirical fact, not a moral fact of, of taking it all. You, you, one loses everything. And I think I could, I could list you probably right at this moment a hundred former colleagues of mine who would agree to that statement emotionally speaking. They lost it all, emotionally speaking. Uh, you can rationalize it, and you can talk about the faithful remnant, and you can talk about I'm free of having to fight these battles. I can now go on my own. But the actual fact of the matter, an awful lot of them are having terrible times running churches in, in schools and tired because of two-hour setup in Sunday morning and two-hour setup Sunday afternoon and just exhausted and only 15 people really backing you up. And, and so many people you thought were on your side go back to the original institution. And um, I, I wish I could say this because... Uh, I uh, I feel I could say it. I feel I could play that song, and the winner takes it all, to all colleagues on all sides of various um, um, problem conflicts in my own uh, you know professional life. And I think most people would have to agree empirically that Anna Frida, or is it Anna? It's Anna Agatha. I always get it. You know, I can't get their names straight because they're two similar names, but one of them has a double name. But whatever it is. The blonde singing the song in the video is speaking truth. The winner takes it all. And it's a lesson that we do very, very well to hold on to and understand so we don't get in a situation where we are forced to choose. Now, finally, there is a song by Abba with which I conclude, which is another one of these shafts of light in a dark place. It's an arrow of truth in an otherwise um, 
a cauldron of confusing and confused misunderstandings and mixed messages. And this song, which I believe it's, I owe this song again to David Saul. This is not a song I knew. This is a late ABBA song. It may be their last single they ever released. It's called One of Us, and it's plaintive. It's very, very plaintive. And you're going to hear it in just a minute. And it tells the story, the singer, again, of the female lead is singing it. And in the video, you see it. And she is... Um, um, she feels she's been sort of used in a relationship as kind of a, uh, oh, I don't know, maybe a second-rate, a, a, a second-hand Jenny or something, you know, second-hand Rose. She's sort of been used and abused in a relationship, um, and she and she's now all alone. And uh, she realizes that she would rather be with the man who uh, sort of didn't, really do right by her. He didn't hit her. He's not an abusive person, but he sort of um, utilized her uh, rather than loved her. And yet she realizes there as she's lying alone in her bedroom that all she really wants is him back because she'd rather have him not perfect than no one at all. And she's, she says, she, she says, I'm different now, she says. I'm not the person I was. I'm different. And I see things differently. I was reminded when I heard the song first, thanks to David, I read it and studied the lyrics and I saw it the video and I said, oh my gosh, that's, that's deep. No one wants to say that. What we want to say is I'm well rid of him. I'm well rid of the guy. He didn't really love me. He didn't hurt me, but he didn't love me. He showed he was more interested in his own self, his own career, his own shows, his own girlfriends that he thought were bigger, better, more important, more stylish than I. And he didn't really love me, so I'm well rid of him. God damn it! And uh, and I'm 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 gonna you know do what uh, Helen did and hey hey Helen from last time, but that's not what she says. She says I'm waiting for one of us is here alone, and, and now that I'm I see things differently, and I'm waiting for you to call. I'd rather have you, even if you're not perfect, than have no one at all. Because the chance of the matter is, the fact of the matter is, I may end up with no one. As a matter of fact, I probably will. At least that's how I fear my life will turn out to be. And I was thinking, as soon as I heard that, I thought of Gladys Knight. You know, Gladys Knight's song, Midnight Train to Georgia from 1973, is a wonder of a song. It's, it's hey, hey, choo-choo. It's got that wonderful, <clears throat> the, the pips are just at their all-time high in Midnight Train to Georgia. And I don't believe there ever was, by the way, a midnight train to Georgia. But it sounds like, I mean, who doesn't want a midnight train to somewhere? I mean, haven't you woken up in the middle of the night and said, if I could just get on a, that midnight train to Georgia, I would be, I could get out of this place, you know? Well, um, the song is powerful, though, because it has one lyric that's repeated. I'd rather live in his world than live without him in mine. Now, today we would say, God, I'm going to live in, gosh darn it, I'm going to live in my world under my terms, and he'll have to, he has to compromise, he has to work this out with me, because I'm not going to give up living in my world just so he can have me in his world. That's what we want her to say. That's what we'd like her to say. That's what she is supposed to say. And she might say that today, and some singers even then said it. But that's not what she does say. She says, actually, the way many people feel, I'd rather live in his world, then live without him in mine. Hey, hey, ho, ho, choo-choo. Well, that's the truth. I mean, that's how many people feel. I'd rather have her on her terms than not have her on my terms. I mean, that's the way I feel. I'd rather have Mary on, on, on her terms than um, not have her on my terms. Her, she is more important than my terms. And for Gladys Knight in the song, he is more important than her world. And for the remarkable, vulnerable singer from ABBA in One of Us, 
she'd rather have him, even the way he treated her. Now remember, he didn't he didn't tie her up. He, 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 he's not he's not a psychopath, um, but he he didn't treat her as she was her due, as a person, as a human being, as a woman, as a person, and yet. Looking at the catastrophe of her alienation and aloneness and her desolated mourning, she'd rather have him back. I mean, aren't, haven't there been people like that in your life? I mean, I'd, I'd rather have her on any terms than, than not have her just because I'm being difficult or I'm standing up for my needs. You know, somebody said the other day, well, you know, it was a real retro shock. I felt like I was in the 80s. Someone said, well, you know, I, I, I really am having real troubles with my husband. She'd been married to him like 10 years. She said, he's just not meeting my needs. And I want to say, who told you that? Well, actually, it was Mary who, Mary who said that. She said to, she thought to herself when we heard this, she told me that she thought to herself, who told you that? I mean, that sounds like a word. Somebody told you that. He, obviously, he's not meeting your needs, you know, whoever you are. And, well, yes, that's true. But you mean you'd, you'd give him up? He's not a, he's a pretty good guy, all in all, albeit he's not meeting your needs. And what's the, what's the, what's the other side of that? You know, remember that song by um, Bachrach and uh, Hal David, A Lifetime of Loneliness? It was sung by Jackie DeShannon. I wish I could put it on this podcast right now. But unfortunately, I gave away my complete Burke Bachrach box set. God damn it. And uh, in one of our many moves, and I don't have it. It's A Lifetime of Loneliness by Jackie DeShannon. This is what you're facing. So I'd rather live in his world than live with Adam and mine. That's me speaking, people. That's not a woman. That's me, Paul, speaking. I'd rather live in her world. I mean, if, if Mary has to go somewhere else, I mean, of course, these are famous last words, but I really believe them as I say them. If she wants to go somewhere else and against my particular druthers of this, that, or the other thing, I want to be with her uh, and I can live with a world where she is, but I can't live in a world where she's not. And that's how I feel. And so I'm going to end the podcast on that note. And please listen to this song. It's entitled One of Us by Abba. God bless you.